Hello everyone, welcome to Breakfast at Ruby's. Uh, breakfast is served, <laughs> literal breakfast at Ruby's. Turns out time Good zones morning. made us so that I'm, well, it's technically 12.30 for me, but that is, for anyone who knows me, that's breakfast at Ruby's, okay? That's, <laughs> that's breakfast for me. <laughs> uh, this is a weekly podcast where I'm joined by two friends and we talk about anything and everything. And this week I'm joined by... To my left, Lil Darian. Hi. Hi, hello. It's nice to be here talking about our favorite topic, of course. Yes. <laughs> so excited to talk about all things K pop. And to my right, yes. we have Spin Blend. Yeah. Hey. I'm so excited to just gush about uh, all the K pop stuff yes. with y'all. Very, very exciting. <laughs> uh, before we get into our huge topic of the day i just want to you know get everyone re reacquainted with pd because he's been on the podcast and with spin as well because you both of you have been on the podcast so just, like a time, yeah. just a quick reintroduction for the folks out there who may be listening for the first time even though this is episode 30 something so there's a lot of episodes y'all can <laughs> catch up on i'm just saying uh but yeah we can start with pd just a quick brief introduction yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Petey. I'm a variety streamer from Melbourne, Australia. Um, I love K-pop. I When I first started streaming on Twitch, I actually had a lot of K-pop related stuff. So um, mostly Luna, Stan Luna, of course, got to say it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find me all over Twitch at, at Lil Darian everywhere on the internet pretty much. So yeah, it's nice to be here again. <laughs> Yes, nice to have you. As I'm eating my food, it's fine. If you're watching this on YouTube <laughs> or Twitch, you can see me little eating while they're talking. So we love that. It's a mukbang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, listen, that's what you signed up for when you clicked on a show that's called Breakfast at Ruby's. I'm just saying. That's it. You're eating, so why can I eat? You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but what about you, Spin? Just a brief introduction to the folks out there. Well, I'm Spin Blend. I stream a lot of Animal Crossing and Pokemon stuff. Lots of Nintendo, lots of cute stuff. I also make soap and uh, stay in NCT. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you had that ready. <laughs> I, had to, I had to buy the computer. I had it ready. <laughs> oh, no, I don't have my... Luna light stick, but it's massive. It wouldn't fit on the frame. Have you seen oh. the size of the Luna light stick? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. It's huge as a baseball bat. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> a weapon. Just the mini one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I should have brought over my, my army bomb, which is, by the way, <laughs> a horrible name, especially when you're on an airport. And I'm like, Mom, do not, do not refer to it as an army bomb. That's all I have. <laughs> That's very unfortunate, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe not. Maybe not the best <laughs> topic for airports, <laughs> right? Or security of any sort. You know, even in the BTS concert, I was like, I don't know if these security guards know what's up, so let's just call it light stick. Let's just call it a light stick. Let's just go with that. <laughs> but yes, and for those of you who know who don't know me, I'm Ruby. I am a queer variety content creator. I make podcasts. I make video. Uh, not video. Well, video games content. There you go. Save that one, <laughs> I guess. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Wait for that latte to kick in. Yeah, right. She's still <laughs> she's still going somewhere. She's, yeah, she's not in my blood yet. <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, I do. I, I I play all sorts of games: modern, retro. Uh, we're currently doing Final Fantasy VII remake. Soon, I'm gonna start uh, Majora's Mask for the first time, and yeah, um, yeah we have a mystery game yet because. Uh, Actually, after I record this episode, I'll know, but by the time we're recording it, I don't know what game I'm going to do next. So, because we have a poll going on and the community is voting for one of the games that I'm going to do next. So, that's going to be exciting. Ah, um, so, yeah. You can find all sorts of things at projectruby.eu. You can find my latest YouTube video there. If I'm live, you can see my streams there. And you can see all of my social medias linked in there. So, pretty convenient if you ask me. Uh, but yeah, mm. let's get into some K-pop because we're all K-pop stands and <laughs> PD was on the podcast uh, way too long ago. I'm like, we need to fix this. Uh, but we mentioned uh, <laughs> that we wanted to do a K-pop episode and I was like, okay. And then like mm. recently I hit up PD and I was like, hey, I didn't forget. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> There's so much. There's so much we can talk about. So yeah, right? good to get into it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Spin is also a stan. Like, just I mean, look at his background. To be honest, yeah, uh, and you'll know. <laughs> I think literally the posters. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> in the words of Smallzy in chat, let's K-pop our pussies. <laughs> oh. Like Honey from Exit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, by the way, uh, we do record these live every week. Uh, it depends on the day and depends on the time everyone's availability, but it's usually a weekly show and you can ask us questions while we're live. So um, pop on by one of these days. Uh, and by the way, anyone watching, if you have any questions, you can always redeem those uh, in the chat and I'll uh, I'll ask our, our lovely guests of, of the day. Um but yes, uh, let's get into our first topic, just as we're getting rated by uh, the lovely Pian. Yes, hello everyone. Um, how did we get into K-pop? As we were kind of thinking about, like, how do we even get started? Because there's so much we can talk about, like PD said. Um, I was like, mm. let's just talk about how we got started with it. And uh, I'm actually, I remember vaguely my introduction, because I was a Pasika doll stan, and I remember as YouTube was becoming a thing, uh, I remember some covers like popping up from like all kinds of artists. And I remember, uh, I think it was After School that did ah, yes. um, a cover of Buttons by the Pussycat Dolls. And I was like, hmm, interesting, okay. But well, that would have been amazing. I can't remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the, I didn't think much of it. A lot of my K-pop experiences at first was like, I kind of saw it and I was like, okay. But then I just didn't really pay too much attention to it. Uh, I think the biggest one was when there was... I, and, I, and I don't like, you know, giving them props for it because there's a lot of, like, shadiness going on. Or there used to be some shadiness with the Fine Brothers. But their reaction series where people were reacting to K-pop was very new at the time because, like, K-pop was not as popular mm. as it is today. This was, like, maybe mid-2010s. So maybe, like, mm. 14, 15, something like that. Um, and I remember they had a video that featured EXO, uh, Monster, I think, and uh, BTS's Dope. And I remember, funny enough, as a BTS stan today... I got into EXO <laughs> at the time, and I remember, uh, I think Spotify was like a baby at the time, so I remember listening to their that whole album by them, but I, I wasn't really familiar with like 
what a comeback was. I like the Twitter was also kind of a baby ish at the time. So I didn't like even in the SM Twitter account is a mess. So I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so I I remember not really being able to keep up much with them. And I just kind of fell off the, the wagon. Uh, but that was like, those were my introductions. And I think I, I slowly got back into it with like Blackpink. Cause I remember at the time everybody was talking about their debut, like was huge mm. and they were amazing. And I was like, okay, I got into Blackpink. Um, and then card pulled me in that, that was, uh, I remember listening oh, yeah, to a podcast God. and, um, someone mentioned like, oh, there's like this, the, a rare co co-ed group in K-pop, uh, like usually there's not many of those and they're actually really good and i was like okay and i listened to like they had some i, I think it was the only one track because they were doing pre-debut projects and mm-hmm. um and i was like i was in love with them and then i followed them and then i started doing reactions on youtube so i got like into bts i got into got seven i got into uh who else at the time oh my god eventually i got recommended Taemin, I think, and then I got into Shiny, so I, I just fell down the rabbit hole from from there on out because I was like, oh <laughs> I my didn't God. know you did reactions. Yeah, I did. I did. I kind of wiped <laughs> some of them off of the internet, not for any particular reason. It's just like I think anything before 2018, I was like, you know what? Let me just not. <laughs> Let me just, you know, this is the version of me that I'm proud of the most, and I this is what people need to see. <laughs> But yeah, right. how, how did y'all get into K-pop? We can start with Spin this time. Okay, well, it, I my start with K-pop, like, it, it was very slow at first. Because I remember, I have a specific memory in, like, 2010 or 2011 of hearing Nobody by the Wonder Girls for the first time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, like, classic. Yeah, and I was like, oh, all right. And I remember listening to that song a lot. So again like youtube algorithm kept recommending me more k-pop stuff so i from there i slowly i remember getting into shiny getting into big bang um and those were like my like main groups that that i was a fan of at the time um later later on i remember getting like really getting into um fx uh beast like a lot of um the groups that were like active around that time and then um i want to say around like 2013 2014 i kind of fell off a bit um not not necessarily for any reason uh just because i think i was like too busy to keep up with all the comebacks <laughs> at the time it's a full-time uh, job sometimes yeah <laughs> exactly exactly um but then uh 2016 nct debuted and they got me. They got me back. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember like just seeing some of their videos on YouTube and being like, "Oh, wait." So, like doing the whole like math lady gif of of like yeah. figuring out the structure. Of so many units and stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember being like, "Okay, so this is NCTU, and there's these guys, and this is NCT one two seven, and it's these guys, but some of these guys are, are some of those know. guys." Yeah. And then, wait, I, I, there's this one NCT Dream, and they're all like younger. Uh, are they? Uh, uh. So, <laughs> eventually, I pieced it all together, and I was like, "Wow, that's a cool concept for a group." <laughs> yeah, mm. subunits can be so confusing. 
I remember being so confused by EXO when I got into them, even though it wasn't that. But I remember on Spotify, they had like three different pages and I was like, what is going on? They have EXO and then they have- Oh, EXO-M and yeah. EXO-L and mm -hmm. yeah. And I was like, what the hell? Like what, which one? And then I think like I got addicted to the Mandarin version. So then when the Korean version popped up, I was like, wait, this is not the right version. This is different. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Beauty? Yeah. How did you get into K-pop? Um, wow, this is delving back many years. So um, I started listening to K-pop back in 2000. Um, it was around 99 or 2000. Um, and I actually got into it because at the time I was more into, I was into anime. Obviously my name, Will Darian, is a riff off Sailor Moon. Uh, the dub version of Tuxedo Mask. His name's Darian. Anyway, oh, I was looking into that. I yes. <laughs> okay, it, I I did not yeah. know that. Well, and so obviously Sailor Moon had some iconic music in it, and so I back then we didn't have YouTube and all of that, so there was a lot of underground sort of music sharing and stuff. And in those channels, they started to have um, K-pop as well, and I pretty much started to get into it when Boa debuted. So her first song, IDPSB, and I, I remember vividly the debut stage for that because the outfit that she was wearing looks like a black garbage bag. It's just this, like, puffy plastic outfit. Yeah, look it up. It's IDPSB, uh, the debut. It's in 2000 August, I think. I love um, that. That's fashion. It's amazing. Yeah, she was iconic <laughs> from the start. Um, and, yeah, I followed K-pop ever since pretty much through everything. And I feel like you both kind of came in during my favorite period, which was 09 to 11. Um, they're just really like, it. I, f I feel like that's the golden age because it had all the, um, like that was when auto-tune was the, the rage and when four minute and um, all that sort of generation came out and it was just like uh, 21 started, like it was all, yeah, that was my favorite period. <laughs> yeah. And now it's all, the production is also slick now compared to back then so it's it's very interesting to see how it's all evolved and yeah the production teams are coming in and really perfecting everything and yeah it's amazing right and and like to speak on that too it's so interesting like recently i've seen so many articles pop up of like producers that used to produce like pop music for like us artists and uk artists because pop music is so different these days they fully moved to k-pop and they they're still producing the kind of music that they were producing for like britney and for mm. like nsync and stuff like that which interesting interestingly enough those were kind of inspirations for very early k-pop so that's really yes. cool to see like a lot of like swedish producers and stuff like that they work a lot with sm and stuff like that and to kind of see like that this is basically what pop music could have been if they kind of kept that like upbeat kind of uh not really aesthetic but you know what i mean like the sound that was like from yeah the 90s if they kept evolving on it instead of uh changing it around which is i actually kind of like how oh, like in our culture how kind of like different pop music is like you can have someone like adele and you can have someone like britney and they can kind of co coexist in the same thing and i feel like with k-pop yeah, the industry is very large yeah like the expectations are like to be a certain way like 
a title song needs to be like upbeat and it needs to have you shake your ass and uh to say the <laughs> least i'm just saying um no. <laughs> yeah no it's definitely you you're, you're right in that in the west at least pop like in the 90s it was more like pop pop rock pop punky and then in the 2000s it went sort of pop r&b so you had like your man eater and like that era um and then it's sort of went to more like the Taylor Swifty sort of like indie and it's like it evolved really obviously whereas ever in Korea it's it's been very much the same thing constantly but taking in influences and evolving them um yeah and yeah as you said a lot of like Europop producers are going in and sort of experimenting and creating awesome stuff yeah and I guess they've got the, the freedom to do that over there yeah, I mean, they just submit a shit ton of songs and they just, like, hope for the best. My favorite kind <laughs> of um, weird crossover situation is that BB Rexa took part in writing uh, Sherlock for Shiny. <laughs> oh, really? I, yeah, I think it was Sherlock, if I'm not mistaken. Someone correct me in the comments or in chat right now. But BB Rexa was responsible for a K-pop song and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just weird crossovers like that that get me um but yeah uh so from how did you go from like the groups and the artists that you first got into and then like into the artists that you kind of stand right now was there like a clear evolution for you of like you first got into this so-and-so and then so-and-so got you and then like was there any particular i guess um not transition i mean for but... me my my big group at the moment is luna um and they've they've been around for i think three years now technically but really what grabbed me with them was their uh pre-debut project so for those who don't know k-pop groups they often just debut and they've got like they could have five to 12 to 15 members it depends on the group and you kind of need to take time to like research them and learn each member and who they are and all that sort of thing. Whereas Luna was very different in that each member was debuted as a solo artist first and they had their own song and their own music video and album. And then over time they debuted more and more. And so that way you kind of got to know each member. So by the time all 12 were there, I knew who each of them were and the thing like their sounds and everything. And, um, that was just so different and unusual. And um, like Spin said, with the NCT, trying to piece everything together, the math, mm-hmm. confused math right. lady, it's very that, trying to work out all the um, the the references in the music videos and there's a lot of symbolism and they've got a concept behind them, which I really love. And um, yeah, that really just hooked me. There's, I hadn't seen anything like that before. And yeah, I'm, I'm sold. I'm Stan. <laughs> no, that's a really cool concept. Like I... It's cool. I I would say the only downfall of that is like when, because if you follow from the beginning, then cool, right? But like if you're from mm. the outside and someone is like Stan Luna, and you're like, okay, what the what is the deal with the, this Luna group that everybody keeps mentioning? And then you just see all the content, and you're like, oh, I don't know how to get started. It's, I don't know. <laughs> it's dense. It's almost like the Marvel, like the MCU, right? And like. <laughs> you come in at Endgame and you're like, okay, there's 37 films we need to watch to get to this point. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's the same thing with Luna. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, my my progression with K-pop was, 
was very natural, I, I would say. Like, it, I didn't, like, seek out any particular group or anything. I remember at the time, as I was getting more into K-pop, I just kind of wanted to see what, like, all the latest comebacks and stuff. So I started following, like, K-pop reaction channels because they usually are good about, like, keeping up with... Uh, or at least back then, they, they were, like, good at keeping up with basically every new release that was taking place. So I kind of used them as like a way to keep track of, uh, of comebacks and stuff right. like that. Um, so that's kind of how I got into BTS because they had a, a comeback. It was like early. I, ooh, I don't know what year it was, but it was early in the year around this time. And they, they had come back with spring day and not today. And I just remember being very interested in this one boy with leather pants and pink hair. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to be you. I don't want. I don't know if I want to be with you. I don't know what it is, but th that <laughs> that that girly is the one. Um, and they that's what the army say. Once you gym in, you can't gym out. So um, I no, I hate that so much. <laughs> I've never heard that. I hate it. <laughs> No. Yeah, but uh, from from there, I just uh, I just kept listening to them, and that's that's usually what I do with every group. As Spin is showing off a fan that says no. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I I think for me, I I've, I'm always like this when it comes to music. Like listening to music by itself is not the same for me as like watching a music video or a live performance. Yes. So yes, I, visuals matter so much, particularly in K-pop. Yeah. So to me, I I always run to a music video and a live performance before I even delve into an EP or an album. So for me, with K-pop, I was like, ooh, hold on. Some of these people are like performing basically all their songs, and there's artists that I also stand that they have album tracks that they literally never performed. Ariana Grande, I'm looking at you. Uh, how dare you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but to me, it was very interesting because sometimes with Western artists, like they release one music video and that's it. Uh, and I come from an era like the early 2000s, like they had, like I remember from being a PCD stan, they had one album and like for three or four years, they were promoting the same album, but they just had different singles. So I had visuals for like mm. five different songs. Uh, before they moved on to the second album. And that was how pop music was at the time. Like, even with Britney, like, her albums, like, she didn't just have one single per album. Like, she had, uh, even for her first album, she had Baby One More Time, but she had, like, a couple more singles before she moved on to the next album. Um, mm. Which also makes sense, because if you're going to tour that album, you want to have, like, visuals to go along with those and stuff like that. Uh, so I always thought that was really cool about K-pop, because there's so much content... And then you get into the like the music shows, and then you get into the variety shows, and I would say that's how BTS got me. Like their personality is how, and I would say I would probably assume that's how both of you also stand your favorite groups. Is like w first comes the music, but then once you get into like their personalities, and you're just like, oh my god, they're so chaotic. For the case of BTS, they're just chaos, and I love that. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, and they, they really seem genuine and they seem sweet because they come from a very small company, now a huge company because of them and the artists that have been developed after them. 
but uh, mm. you, you could tell it was genuine. They always have writing credits on their music, so you can tell it comes from their own place. And this is not to shit on other groups, because I know sometimes BTS stands are like, well, your favorite group doesn't even write their own songs. I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> BTS on K-pop, they're BTS pop. Oh, 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 I hate that. I hate it. I hate it because, like, even before BTS, like, I, I do, I wasn't standing them, but I remember Wonder Girls. I remember Girls Generation, uh, going into US shows before BTS yeah. did. I'm not saying that you know, BTS didn't pave the way, but maybe other girlies were there before <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah, and and I say this as a BTS stand. Like, I feel like people sometimes misunderstand. Like. Yes, they popularized K-pop to a whole other level, but other people were there first. And I would say, like, even Psy was, like, the huge break-in to, like, the market yeah. with Gangnam Style. Absolutely. So, you know, this is not to describe BTS because they're literally Grammy nominees and, it's like, that's huge and that's, like, definitely yeah, trailblazing. But, yeah. For sure. <laughs> How about you, Spin? What was the what was the factor that made you fall in love with NCT? All the NCTs. <laughs> the the thing that I've like recently realized over the like all like, ten plus years that I've been into K-pop, the factor that gets me into every single group that I've been into, or at least every single boy group that I've been into, um is uh i always i'm always my first bias is a rapper with a deep voice and i can trace that <laughs> straight back to top from big bang <laughs> <laughs> just straight back oh. <laughs> i have a type <laughs> <laughs> so um i immediately taeyong got my attention um right. <laughs> so i i was like i have to know more and then <laughs> Once I got to know all of the other members, it was basically just like, I feel like I have 23 beautiful sons. And, <laughs> Are there and that the, many? Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> There's 23 <laughs> of them now. Um, but they just, they just put out so, so, so much content. Um, so, like, there's constantly one, like, one of the subunits is coming back constantly. Like, one of them has, like, a vlog up. One of them has something going on. So there's always there's always something to do. Like NCT stands never go hungry. Like there's always something going on, and that's what really like pulled me into NCT. Uh, definitely, I would say. And like especially once I got used to like okay now I now I know who everyone is now I know the the whole situation with with this group. Like it was it was really exciting to be like okay like. There's a new there's a new comeback two months later. There's another new comeback. Oh my god. <laughs> there's so much. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's what really got me with NCT. That's what I love about K-pop as well, particularly with multi-member groups, is that you often will have when there's subunits as well, you'll have different members off doing different things. So you'll have someone who's off in a drama and someone who's, you know, variety show king, and then there's someone who's, you know, there's a group still performing. So like at the moment, um, Chu from Luna is on a TV show called Running Girls, which is an incredible show. I think everyone should watch it. Um, I need and to see that. Five, it's five K-pop girls. So there's um, Sunmi, there's Hani, there's Yua from Oh My Girl. Um, who else was that? I think Changha anyway, is in there. Changha, yes, that's it. And they um, they go running. 
which um, oh. sounds a bit bizarre. It's basically them running and then eating and then running and then eating. I love that. And um, <laughs> But they they talk about a lot of psychological issues that they deal with being in K-pop in the industry. And it's fascinating, particularly with Korean culture being what it is with mental illness, although it is much better now. Yeah. Um, it's been very difficult for a lot of artists for quite a while, you know, dealing with things in secret. Whereas Sunmi in the show, she um, comes out and talks about her BPD. Yeah. And um, I think that's incredible. Um, yeah. It's definitely worth a watch. It's very wholesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw a clip of Hani basically like yelling at Chunga because Chunga was like, I'm not that pretty. And she's like, excuse me. <laughs> Like, yeah. As they were watching a performance and she was being stunning as per usual, Honey was like ready to throw hands. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, um, I think Chu from Luna. She's she. There was an episode where she, you know, she felt like she didn't have any talent, and then in a I... future episode, Chung Ha is like, "I looked up videos and you're an amazing singer. What are you talking about?" <laughs> I love that though, like them supporting each other. I think it's really cute, and I definitely need mm. to watch that show for sure. It's been on my radar. I'm like, hmm, I need to, I need to see. Yeah, it's um, worth the watch, and eat amazing food. <laughs> oh, that's usually the one. Like you have to be eating as you watch them, or else it's gonna be an issue. I fell into, <laughs> I fell, in, I had, I made the wrong mistake of watching i was like oh surely there's it's gonna be fine watching this episode of run bts which is basically like their own variety show um and turns out they were cooking on that episode and turns out the food looked really delicious and i was like this is not what i needed to watch right now <laughs> i hate it here <laughs> but yeah, yeah as far as variety shows do you do you have any like faves spin either like recent or like older ones that got you into like K-pop or particular members or anything of the sort? I was, you just made me think of, um, cause NCT also has like their own like variety type show mm -hmm. uh, called NCT Life. And like, during different seasons, they'll like travel different places. They'll do different things. Like each, each season of NCT Life is like based around a concept. Mm -hmm. um, so there's one season that I really love where it's literally just a um, like a cooking competition reality show. Ooh. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like Top Chef, but with the members of NCT. I love that. <laughs> great. Yeah, so good. And that's definitely another one that you have to be eating during. But like yeah. it, it really like spawned a lot of iconic moments. And I love like getting to see all of the members like cooking and and because there's like a lot of them that are like really passionate about cooking and that was cool to see um and then there are some that don't cook at all and that was also fun to see yeah because <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely chaos ensued right um really fun season <laughs> i i love that i there's still groups to this day where i watch those funny compilations and I will randomly watch a group and I'll be like, oh, I know that person from that one video where they were like choking on something or they were doing something <laughs> funny or whatever it was. Uh, that's how I got into, actually, I think that's how I got into EXID. Because uh, Hani, there's mm. so many videos where she she has so many a iconic moments. Oh yeah, uh. and then I, I saw the fan cam and I was like, no wonder this got super popular, like damn. I love the story behind that fan cam. It's an amazing, amazing story. Because they they were 
flopping basically yeah. like they were starving they were they you know they had been active for so long and they just hadn't seen success and then that one fan cam they had the right angle and the right like and they got up put it up there and it had what's it it's like 20 million views or something now for a fan cam it's crazy yeah. i don't i don't even know but it was like huge it's uh hmm. they were performing their song up up and down <laughs> yes and... and that was seven months after it was released like the official song was released yeah, because, like, they already did the music shows and everything, and, like, nobody really yeah. paid that much attention to them. And then the, the, they were doing, like, a random event, and there was, like, this solo Hani fan cam, <laughs> and uh, she with she's just amazing. I love her so much. Yeah, uh, she's incredible. And uh, um, yeah, I think they got back into music shows because of that, right? Like, they did another run. Yeah, no, it, yeah. They they were close to disbanding, and then this happened, and their song went, like, number one on Mel and all the real-time uh, charts. And it put them back on the map, and then they had a career again. They went to Japan, and they did, like, everything. Um, but there's an amazing video of them... Uh, they're at an event and someone tells Honey that the fan cam person's in the crowd and she kind of, yes. she looks down and she thanks him um, and apparently they also invited him to, I think it was to dinner and he Aww. declined politely but they just wanted to thank him and he, yeah, he didn't want to do it, he was too shy apparently <laughs> Aww, yeah I, I've seen I've, I've, I've seen that, I think they were doing like a signing or something and then someone whispers in her ear mm. or something and she's like she sees them and she's like, yeah. oh my god, that's you. <laughs> yeah. It's so amazing. It's so interesting how their, their careers can just change at a drop of a hat like that. Um, I don't know if either of you followed Nine Muses at all or were fans of Nine Muses when they were active. Uh, I... Yeah, I think I yeah. listened to a couple of their comebacks. They, they never really saw, like, their discography is probably one of my favorite of all time. Bop Ooh. after bop after bop. But they never hit top tier and Aww. um just recently they shot up the charts because one of their songs was used in i think a drama oh and um yeah they were, they were uh, number one on the real time search again and it's so interesting to see like will they come back like will something like get released that would you know, be to, fun to like really work off that anything from nine muses in a long time yeah no they've they've yeah, yeah they're disbanded but you never know like yeah if the public wants it they'll come back <laughs> right <laughs> there there's a lot of rumors as far as like comebacks too like even recently there was like a big one and the fans are trying not to get their hopes too 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 high up but recently within a matter of days for that we were recording this uh, the Spotify the Spotify page for Girls Generation updated their profile picture from oh. their logo f to uh, OT9 photo, uh, <gasps> like from the Mr. Mr. photo shoot, and Miss Jessica is right in the center, and either oh. and either a, an intern fucked up, <laughs> or <laughs> maybe that would be the gag of the season if. They were like, oh, Girls' Generation, we're going to do a comeback. And guess what? Jessica is also here. That would be gaggy. Cause like, that would be... I, 
I can't see that happening. <laughs> right. <laughs> but... she, she, like, wrote a whole book about, like, the trauma that she experienced in SM. Right. She was like, it's fictional. And people were like, okay, girl. <laughs> yeah, She's trying sure. not to get sued. <laughs> She's trying not to get sued yeah, by exactly. saying it's fictional. I, I could see it working from the perspective of, like, it's been a long time. And a lot of the girls are in different companies anyway. So I could mm. see them, like, you know, if there's some sort of, like, agreement or they make some sort of, like, for the fans. Because there's also, and this is digging deep, but some stands have spotted, like, Jessica was in the same locations as, like, some of the girls' events and stuff like that. And they were like, oh, maybe uh. they just didn't speak of her because of SM and they're trying to be in good terms with SM and whatever. And um, apparently, like they've spotted some photos that were like from like the same place from different angles from their Instagram accounts and stuff like that. And people were like, Ooh, maybe there's, maybe there's something. They love but... these internet detectives. I know, <laughs> but it's all you, I feel like you always read those and you, as you're applying clown makeup, cause like, you know, it's probably gonna, <laughs> it's just clownery. Yeah. That's, that's Luna fans every, every comeback. <laughs> Because, like, even w with Girls' Generation, as we keep talk as I keep talking about them, like, they were all in Korea at some point late last year. And people were like, oh, they're all in Korea, they're all in Korea. And I think they just did, like, a show. Like, not even, like, uh, like they just did, like, a variety show or something like that. Like, one episode or something. Right. And it was like, no, we want to come back. Uh, <laughs> even if we just get the OG, was it OGG? Where they had five or yeah. six of them? It was the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the five that are still in SM, yeah. That would be really nice, yeah. too. Because that was a great song. Yeah, was it was. And then they never performed it. <laughs> <laughs> did, did that never get performed? It was so sad. They were like, oh, it's for the fans. And I think they literally only had choreography for the chorus, for the music video, right. and that's it. So that's probably why they didn't even perform it. Because I think Sunny also has, like, lifelong injuries from being in the group. And, like, I think she had, like, injuries for on her knees and stuff like that. So, uh, it's... Yeah. Sucks. Sorry, I'm distracted because the, it's... Talking about clown makeup, um, it's rumored <laughs> that the first, that midnight now, there might be a new Luna, like, release. So, I'm refreshing. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's valid. Like they just also ch Apple Music um uh, changed the profile picture for Jungkook and so BTS fans are like, "Oh, is uh is the is the solo mixtape coming? Is it co cuz that's what happened with Suga and his second mixtape. Apple Music like just updated uh, I guess they updated their his profile before all the other streaming platforms and people were like, Hmm, interesting, interesting. And yeah, and Jungkook also dyed his hair blonde, so I was like, okay, something is going on. Something something is going on on this day. You know something's going on when they change their hair. <laughs> yeah, right, or again, you apply your clown makeup because nothing comes of it. <laughs> I remember, um, this was like, I want to say like 2019, early 2020 maybe um because with um nct 127 i they were um they came back with superhuman in 2019 and then they went on tour a north american tour and then they didn't have a comeback for uh like the whole rest of the year uh because jungwoo was out uh like with health issues 
Um, so I remember that like all the stands predicted like the next comeback because they saw um, Jungwoo like Utah taking Jungwoo to go get his ear pierced, and they were. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> and that was that was all we needed. <laughs> I that's so funny. Oh my god! And turns out. <laughs> they were they right? Yeah. <laughs> I Jungwoo love that. Was back in the group and then uh, March, uh, we got kick it. Oh my so. god! <laughs> K-pop stands are like full-on detectives. It's sometimes yeah. it's scary. Sometimes it's scary how good they are. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes you see information you're like, or or photos, and you're like. Ooh, and then how you're like, wait, let me pretend not to see it because I don't know where how, how they got this. <laughs> oh, I yeah, hate yeah, it. But what what has like... uh from your K-pop history? Do you have any like favorite comebacks from from anyone really that you that you stand that you remember being like, ooh, my wig is ooh, I've got off, one off, entirely off of my head. <laughs> um, after school. When they came back on, uh, it was a pole dancing concept. Ooh. I can't remember what the song title was, but I... it was iconic because it was, I think it was three or four full size poles. They like wheeled out on stage and then that. all of the girls are just constantly spinning around on these poles doing full acrobatic moves. And they, um, I they showed that. a lot of their, um, behind the scenes training and like you could see all their legs were covered in bruises oh, from no. like training with the pole um they put in so much work for that comeback and it was i don't know if it actually popped off that much like i don't think they received the recognition oh. that they should have but just seeing that and it just made you realize how little other groups put in to their comebacks when they just come out and like do their little like dance whereas this is a full like stage production right <laughs> Oh my god! Um, uh, I'm trying to think for for me for other for other comebacks. I don't know if this one counts because I I technically wasn't there when they came back because I only got into Girls Generation after. Well, I I got into them when they did their like final comeback, if you will, as like with all the members. Not um, Lionheart. Uh, no, it was um, All Night and Holiday, I think. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, all Night. Oh, my God, it's so good. And then I I got into, like, the rest of their discography. And when I saw Mr. Mister, when I heard Mr. Mister, to be exact, I, I was dead. I know it's controversial <laughs> because I know a lot of fans dislike that era because apparently it was very messy. If you were there, like, about... uh, yes, yes, because it, for, um, yeah, because like there was a like, because Twenty One came out at the same time with a song, because I think YG like either delayed Twenty One's comeback or or did something so that it would coincide with Mister Mister, and then Girls Generation mm. tried to delay their comeback so it wouldn't be on the same week or something, and they said there was, like, issues <laughs> with the music video, and, like, they lost some footage or whatever. Yeah, part of it was deleted. Yeah, so... All the, um, all the garage, like, where they're dancing in the car garage, that's all new footage. That was the replacement footage. <laughs> that does look very off with the rest it's of the It's very different video. to the rest of it, yeah. 
Yeah. Very different concept. There's, yeah. There's so much there's so much shadiness with Girls Generation as well. Like, did you see the alternate version of Catch Me If You Can? Oh my god. We I was just talking about this on Discord with with my friends because I was like yeah. I was I put that song on and I was like, Oh, did y'all know? Like it, I was like, Oh, I just kinda threw it an, an offhand comment of like, Oh, isn't it wild that they replaced Jessica and there's like full on a music video with her and they were like, Wait, what? We were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, there's like there there's a, a leaked Japanese version of the song that included Jessica on it, and it's funny because yeah. the leak doesn't isn't even like the full song. They left out like five seconds of it. But that's uh, often <laughs> But it, it's wild how like they filmed that. It was gonna be apparently it was gonna be like a Tokyo Dome surprise single situation. That's right. Because I remember when they had to perform, like, the day after Jessica got kicked out and they were all, like, in tears on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was so messy. So, so messy. But yeah. But yeah. Probably Girls' Gen is the other sort of iconic comeback that I remember, and that's um, I Got a Boy. Ooh. Um, because it was such a different song. It was, like, like nothing that had sort of come out before. It was like the storytelling in it and everything like it was such an interesting concept and it changed because it came out very early in the year and it basically changed that entire year's worth of like music you started getting all of these songs that were like three songs together mashed in one after oh, that came out oh interesting yeah it like changed the game and i think it won an mtv award Ooh. it's like a bit justin bieber yeah it was like a video of the year or something <laughs> why is it always justin bieber <laughs> yeah right yeah big fan. <laughs> even when bts won their first billboard award they beat justin bieber get like guess who won before <laughs> them for multiple years justin fucking bieber <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i love how that's like the the accomplishment from all these groups like oh they they got him <laughs> The evil was defeated. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, do you have, you, do you have a fave? Yeah. Uh, I was. I was just kind of. The gears were turning. Um, <laughs> I think like w one that really st stood out to me, uh, like when I first started getting back into K-pop after my time away. Um, was uh bang 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 uh big bang because mm. like that just like hits so hard like it's <laughs> it's it's so in your face yeah it's <laughs> i remember <laughs> i remember like listening to that for the first time and just being like oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> destroyed any semblance of my wig um <laughs> that song goes hard uh. yeah that was like my go-to song um like when i used to work out a lot mm. um <laughs> or you know the the chronic pain um <laughs> like I would, I would just go on the elliptical and i would just be like powering like through everything <laughs> to that song um I and think that's on uh, Just Dance. Yeah, twenty nineteen. I remember playing it. I think, yeah, yeah. That 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 would that's. I would like to see a Just Dance of that. Yeah, it's fun. They did a good job with the dance. I I would say. Nice, nice. Uh, and then like another one that was more recent uh, was probably um, Tame In with Move. 
Ooh, uh, and then also like a good song. I, like those were those were two, two like ones that were just like yes, Taemin is a fully realized solo artist, and right. he's like really coming. Yeah, mm. and like he's great with shiny and he's great by himself and like he can just do whatever he wants <laughs> and and i love that for him imagine... so I think, I think those... oh sorry <laughs> imagine oh, never hearing or seeing a solo tayman come back and you're like oh there's a new tayman song it's called move let me react to it oh my god Are you I'm... was that your experience yes <laughs> <laughs> and then like i just remember being shook to the core and i'm so happy that there's like footage of me <laughs> reacting i can imagine the wig being destroyed in real time oh my god mm -hmm. it was it was so 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 good and then from there mm -hmm. uh, i got recommended all the shiny content um you gotta do into shiny in reverse yeah Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because I think they they hadn't had a comeback in a little bit, so I I, I think I I don't know if wait I think one of one was out by then. Yeah. So yeah, that was I remember seeing that and I and I well, I think with Shiny I also had seen one of their comebacks, but it was a thing where like I saw it once and then I never really paid too much attention to it. Um. But once you're kind of into K-pop, like, early shiny is not an issue to you. Where I feel like back then, if... On Ring Ding Dong. I, oh my god. <laughs> I love, I love all of it. I love all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lucifer so is probably one of my faves, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. I, I'm so blessed that I got to see them um, in 2009. No way. Uh, they came to, a, they came to Sydney. Um, oh I'm God. from Melbourne, and so me and it was around 20 other K-pop stands. We hired a bus and road tripped from Melbourne no to way. Sydney, and it was basically like this 48-hour K-pop craziness. Oh um, my God! And I love that. it was such an an amazing lineup. There was Shiny, uh, Four Minute, uh, Sister. Um, oh, there was so many. I can't even. Uh, 2 a.m., 2 p.m. Uh, TVXQ, all like, the classics. So many, yeah. Um, and That's getting amazing. to see Shiny on stage was incredible. I'm so jealous. And they opened, they opened too, which I was really surprised about because, like, usually it's the low, like the lower tier people who would open. Mm. <laughs> like, but I guess they Shiny? were technically the juniors at the time, so they probably did. Yeah, like, they wanted to pay respects, I guess. That's cool. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I'll always remember that. Um, and also, it was broadcast on Korean TV, and I'm on there. <laughs> I'm in the crowd. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, I've got the screenshot somewhere. <laughs> I I need a link. Is it on YouTube? <laughs> it will be. I'll find it. I'll send it to you. I I need to see it. I would like to see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gotten to see any any other K-pop acts live since then? Uh, yes, I've seen Vix. They came to Melbourne. Ooh. Um, they were incredible. I love Vix. They're probably my one of my favorite recent uh, boy groups. That's um, awesome. Yeah, other than them, no. Ooh, okay, let's manifest. <laughs> all the all the, all of our faves. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. How about I, you, Ruby? Have you? Oh, I I got to see I got to see Card. They it was one of the rare groups that came to Portugal. Um, mm. So they they came and I got a full on experience. Like I ha I took a photo with them. I got the high touch situation and everything. Oh, yes. It zoomed by so quickly though. I was. Because I didn't want to be that person that, like, the security has to, like, s like push away. <laughs> so I was, I kind of zoomed through it, unfortunately. Uh, and it, I was just so overwhelmed by all of everything. Uh, but it was amazing, even though the venue was terrible. <laughs> but um, I, it was amazing seeing them live. There's just another energy. Like, you, you can, you can understand, like, obviously when you go to a concert, you're already kind of standing that person. Or that group, but like with K-pop, you get you like you get it. Like when you're in person and you see them performing in front of you, you're like, yeah, it's not just like for the cameras. It's not it's not like you know that it was like a good editing job on the music videos or anything. It's like you can tell like there's like they're charismatic, they're really talented. You can tell they're like going yeah. full out. So that was my first K-pop experience, and then I got to see BTS actually. Um, nice. That was the most nerve-wracking experience of my life, getting those tickets. Let me tell you, I it took me three different tries. Um, <laughs> and I finally, like, I, I tried the year before and I flopped. And then I tried the year after and I flopped. And then they added day two and I was like, okay, this is my, this is the one. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so I got the last, the last day of their tour before they did, like, a final Korean show to, like, wrap up the, the tour. Um... And it was amazing. It was also my first time going to France. Uh, so I was like, oh, this is amazing. I got, I get to go to France oh. for the first time. I'm in Portugal, so it's not, you know, it's not that far away. It's like a two-hour <laughs> situation. What a great experience. Yeah, it was amazing. And my mom tagged along because she also loves them. She's a Jimin bias person. Um, <laughs> I, I can't choose a bias. We can get into that conversation <laughs> afterwards. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, and hopefully hopefully I'll get to see them again because they're incredible. Like they had um, in one of the performances, they had Jungkook um, being like in this rig. And he basically got, he was like basically flying. So that was incredible to see. Um, but yeah, what about you, Spin? Have you had the opportunity to see any any K-pop live? No, I haven't been to any K-pop concerts, um, which is is really sad because, you know, I, I mentioned a bit earlier, NCT 127 did that North American tour in, in 2019. And uh, the closest show to me was Miami, and that's like five hours away. <laughs> Ooh, uh, no. <laughs> so I unfortunately did not get to go. Um, I think with the, with the Super M tour that they did after that, like also none of the shows, like the closest show was in Texas, and it's like, oh, no way. Um, <laughs> America's too big. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the problem, yeah. Yeah, yeah but um, unfortunately have not been able to see a K-pop show, but I would, I would love to see my boys someday. Yeah, popularity. I think there'll just be more and more of them, so you will you'll get your sure. chance for sure. Right. Until yeah. then, I got my concert DVDs. I'll keep <laughs> <Yes>. watching those. <laughs> Speaking of biases, um, my bias was wrecked at that 2009 concert because I forgot Girls' Generation were there, and prior to that, I was a Tiffany stan, 
And then when they came up on stage, it was uh, the boys era. Ooh. So it was the full queen, like glam. Oh. And uh, Soo Young came Ooh, out on I stage. Love her. And holy <laughs> shit. Bias was wrecked, goddess, glowing queen. She is the others stunning. Don't even, yeah, the others don't oh. hold a candle to her in real life. <laughs> it's just, she's it. <laughs> oh my god. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if I if I got bias wrecked. I feel like I get bias wrecked every day by BTS. I'm like, maybe Jin is my favorite. And then J-Hope does something. And then it's, <laughs> yeah... I think, uh, yeah, it's it's really hard for me to choose a bias. Uh, it's funny because, like, with other groups, I can. Like, with Blackpink, Rosé is my fave yes. by a mile. Like, it, that, this is not to, like, shade the other girls because they're amazing. And obviously, I love the group. But every time Rosé has a moment, I'm like, yes, my queen. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched the Netflix documentary that they did? I haven't yet. I haven't yet. I'm trying to make time it's, for it because I want to pay attention. It's well worth, <laughs> it's well worth watching um, if you haven't seen it. It's, they really give a lot of commentary about their trainee period and the struggles that they went through. And I'm really surprised that YG let some of the comments that they say stay in mm. because they're not very good for the company <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's a moment where um rose rose she says that she misses her trainee days because back then they were surrounded by music Ooh. as in now they don't put out very much music <laughs> yeah <laughs> damn yeah it's a little bit shady and it's fantastic do you recommend wow yeah <laughs> that I need to see. Uh, I need to. I need to watch mm. that for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think of like other biases for other groups because I don't have a type. Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes, like we were talking about this. Uh, like I was talking about this with Spin and and Dex and other friends. And like I don't have like a type. Like sometimes I go for the vocalist. Sometimes I go for the um, like the rapper. Like it doesn't really. I I don't really have a type when it comes to. When it comes to groups like that, uh, I think I think a lot of it sometimes is like personality, because like sometimes you're mm. into, but that's like with anyone in real life. You know what I mean? It's like you're into someone, and then like they speak, and you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to choose a, a bias because I'm always getting bias wrecked anyway. So it's what's the point? Um, yeah. Too yeah. Usually people around my age, though, I will say, you know, like when, for boy groups anyway, it's like usually someone that I would date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not this. Not this. I know. I know it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I tend to like, um, I guess the main vocalist, like with um, Espa, SM's new girl group, I really love Winter and she's kind of the main vocalist of the group. Mm. Um, and yeah, and I love Chu from Luna, and she's an incredible vocalist. Um, yeah, I guess that's my type. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm always I'm also thinking like Taeyeon is my favorite from Girls Generation, and she's the main vocal too. Mm. So maybe maybe it's the vocalists that get me, but I don't know. In BTS, so I I get more. Uh, attracted if you will for the older members and only one of them is a singer the other three are rappers 
So I don't know. <laughs> Send help. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I think that's spin? something interesting. Yeah, sorry. Go on, spin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes my biases will change because, like, I'm indecisive. Right. But my first bias is always like a rapper with a deep voice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like so like Tang was my first bias in NCT, but then I just like get bias wrecked literally every day. There's twenty three of them. <laughs> so at this point I've given up. I love all twenty three of them equally. Um <laughs> That's not how a bias works. <laughs> I love all I love all twenty three of my children equally. Um <laughs> But yeah, with with other groups usually like like my first bias is always like a rapper with a deep voice. Like, mm. like in in Stray Kids, Felix immediately got my attention. Oh, um, that's one... certainly a deep voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like deepest voice in K-pop. Right? I think. Jeez. Um, <laughs> like one is Lido definitely got my attention first. Um, but yeah, that's that's usually my type. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, but you were gonna say something, PD. Oh, I was just um, thinking about like how we're talking about like vocalists and rappers and main vocals and stuff. I think it's interesting that they, like, that's a key differentiator in K-pop mm. compared to others. Like, in say like Pussycat Dolls, for example, we know that Nicole was the lead vocal, but it's not as official, I guess. It's Whereas they would themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like they would go on an interview and be like, "I'm the lead vocalist. I'm the dancer. Yeah. I'm yeah, I yeah." Even yeah. with like other groups, like like with Fifth Harmony and Little Mix, and like, even boy groups like uh, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, you don't you don't really hear. You can kind of tell sometimes, like, oh, that person doesn't get many lines, but they get a lot of video like screen time. So they're the visual, <laughs> quote unquote, right? So, uh, but it's interesting, and it's kind of all. Sometimes it's a little like like weird to me how like clear cut they are with k-pop i'm like that's kind of rude like wow they're reducing her to the visual when she's like a talented singer and a talented dancer but they're calling her the visual i'm like i don't know if i don't know like i don't know how i feel about See, that. i think i mean that's um, we're kind of getting to the philosophy of philosophy of k-pop but right the, <laughs> i think that's part of what makes us get these coordinated groups that work well together because yeah. they sort of know their role and they know their spot and like what they're doing to make the whole thing succeed whereas you get like uh fifth harmony where they all think they're the main character valid yeah <laughs> and so they're like complete messes because they're all doing their own thing and they're not trying to work together as a cohesive team yeah yeah that does make sense yeah that is that is very valid actually now that now that you put it that like that i'm like yeah that makes sense like yeah uh I, I guess it's easier to know how you're contributing mm -hmm. if you're like given a specific thing that you do i guess I yeah know. no that, that makes perfect sense like you're when you're a group like it it makes sense to like each person is a part of the puzzle so mm. it's like oh if that person is missing it's like the other members are not going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad that person is not here because I get to take their <laughs> lines. Um, yeah. And it's less that. And like even sometimes with K-pop, I've noticed that like if a member is missing, they don't even like 
replace the member. Like they just leave the empty space on stage and they let the track play their part and they just continue as yeah. if like they're there, but they're not really there. But I do like when a me another member takes over because it's always like that thing of like, but what if they were the yeah, the vocalist special, during yeah. that part? So I always liked that, like, you know, even though it's terrible, like when someone gets sick or when someone has to miss a performance, a part of me is like, mm. but how are they going to cover their part? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Have either of what? you experienced a comeback where a member was injured and they perform kind of like off the side? Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> I love this. Like, it's awful, but I also I love it, it because it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wish, they, like, obviously they feel like they have to perform because of all different, like, obligations and stuff yeah. and they shouldn't have to. But it's also, like, really, on the other side, it's very interesting to watch. Oh, my God. There's this one uh, particular moment that I, that I, that just made me think of. Um, I believe it was right after the moonwalk comeback from Wavy, I want to say. Um, it was when uh, Ten injured his ankle, and he's like the main dancer of the group, basically. Oh, and no. he does like all the dance breaks. Um, so he was off, like in a chair off to the side, and um, Young Young, their youngest member, took over his dance breaks. And it was Aww. so cool to see, like, Young Young kind of in, like, in that new element, and Ten mm. over there, like, looking like a proud dad, Aww. just being like, oh, we <laughs> And that just made me so happy. Aww. <laughs> like, even, though, even though, like, it was sad that Ten was injured, I just like seeing that, like, cool moment was really fun. Aww. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Uh, okay, there, there is a, a moment where uh, with Shiny, they did um, Everybody. And there's a lot of stages where one of the members is injured. And so they just fully have like a backup dancer fill in their part because the, the choreography for that is so group involved that they had to fill right. in with the backup dancer. And then they had the person on the side, like just doing their part, <laughs> like sitting in a chair. But like they had full on like, I think the, the back, the backup dancer like had a mask on or something like that. So it wouldn't like ah. distract from the other members or something like that. But it was kind of distracting at the same time because you're like, oh, they're all wearing these outfits, but then that person is kind of like wearing something that's muted so that you, you're like, oh, they're replacing that person. Got it. Yeah. Uh, which now is Gosh, weird, you've... you know, because of the circumstances. You've... Like sometimes they, they do that with certain choreographies to keep the, the same choreo, but it's it's unfortunately a very different circumstance. You've just reminded me of, um, do you know the group Rania, the girl group? <laughs> Mess. They, they had a summer, a summer song called Up, and I've just pulled up the music video on my phone. One of the members was injured, and so she couldn't dance during the group, like, things. So they had a backup, like a body double. And Stop. anytime there's a group shot, there's a, like, a lens flare I... over, that, over that person's face. <laughs> and so you can, you can sort of see it there. It's like a, and so if you watch that music video, she's in like the, the, they got her to do all the close up shots, but yeah, when there's a group shot, there's always a lens flare sitting directly over this, this dancer. Uh, let's pretend it's her. I am yelling. <laughs> That's reminding me of like, we were watching like K-pop videos the other day on Discord and Dex just pulled my friend Dex Trilicious, y'all should follow him. He pulled up this video of like 
this girl group that was going to debut as a five sum and then they cut two of the girls out and then yeah, the music and they still use the footage so like the, what was it uh, do you remember i don't remember one soda with oh right yeah. And the video is like cropped very weirdly, and sometimes you can see the girlies, but like, and, and you're like, wow, those, those girls, those backup backup dancers have really nice clothes on. <laughs> it's interesting. And then it's like, oh no, she was supposed to be a member. Oh, <laughs> like the only member one of them was like in in the center, and they just kind of like the camera just like. Whoop. Oh yeah, they <laughs> okay. just the weirdest the angles. Like you just see the end yeah. of a couch and there's three members there. Thankfully they sat next to each other. It would have been such a mess if they didn't sit next to each other during those shots. Mm. Oh, it the reminds magic me of editing. <laughs> right? It reminds me of like when a member leaves a group and like the stands take every photo where the other members stood next to each other and they just crop the person out. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There, there's like full on a little mix performance. This is not K-pop at all, but this is reminding me of like there was a performance where one of the girls was fully in a wheelchair, just singing on the side with like a cast on her leg, while the others were doing the choreo. And I was like, this is very K-pop of them. <laughs> yeah, there was there was the performance Kara did the girl group, um, and one of the lead vocalists she had a broken arm. Oh, and so God. she's doing all the choreo, but she had a full cast on her arm, and she Stop. was still like dancing and everything. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so I know. much. Yeah, there's so many of them. Oh my God, I I really that's something about K-pop that like obviously I don't like to focus on too much because I feel like that's something that people use to kind of discredit K-pop sometimes. And they're like, oh my God, K-pop is so shady. These idols are going through like horrible things, as if like. Western artists don't, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, their schedules are just as grueling, if not more. Um, I guess it's not comparable. Like, everyone has their own things. But uh, it's it's mm. really sad when, like, you can see something is going on. Like, there's one performance from Sunmi where, like, she reportedly, like, fainted right after the performance. And you can yes, see... I remember. And you can see, like, there's parts where you're like, oh, she was having a hard time standing up then. Or, like, oh, she was rolling her eyes way too often. I don't think that was for effect. Mm. So uh, that's kind of... Uh... Do y'all have any other, like, performances where you're like, oh, that one wasn't... <gasps> that that happened to Luna, actually, during their... Uh, they had a two-day concert. Ooh. So they had two shows, a Saturday and a Sunday. And on the second day, there's a a part in the choreo where they lay on the floor and one of the members, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm missing the name. One of the members stepped on the other one's face and broke her <gasps> nose accidentally. And she, the one whose nose was broken, she got up and like tried to sing for like probably the next 10 or so minutes and then it was too much and they had to stop and she had to like back off. But no. it happened like right on, like live, yeah. So it was Eve oh, for any oh Luna fans out there. God. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. But that's <laughs> you was you said before someone was like they're waiting for a member to go so that they can take their lines. And in my head, that's my like fan fiction theory is that she saw her moment and she was like, I'm gonna get her ah! <laughs> <laughs> to take her out. Yeah. Oh my that's funny. It was Yojin. Yojin, the youngest member, she did it. <laughs> Oh my god, that's funny. Yeah. 
there was there was a BTS performance where V accidentally kicked J Hope in the face, and he kept going. I don't think he had any lines after that, but he still had to keep dancing. Thankfully, they were barefoot for that particular performance. It's I think it was on, uh, it was a late night US show. I think it was no, it wasn't Fallon. It was uh oh my god, Corden. So they're doing right. Black Swan, and they're thankfully I think it's one of the few performances where they're barefoot, and V just fully they're they're doing like some sort of like weird, not weird. They were doing like ground choreo thing, and like V just fully kicks him in the face. <laughs> And I was oh, like, ooh. Ouch. Yeah. Thankfully, I yeah, think it was lucky. fine. But ugh. if they were wearing, like, <laughs> boots or, like, sh- any kinds of shoes, that would have been terrible. Right. That um, that actually made me think of an NCT incident that was very similar to that. Um, so in NCT 127's uh, song Fire Truck, there's a part where uh, Win-Win does, like, flips like fully like flips oh i don't like where this is going <laughs> and um, there was one like live stage where he accidentally caught uh Chan in the face like with it with his foot oh no like he like, fully kicked him in the face oh. and like it was it was so it was so upsetting because like first of all Chan is the youngest member and he was like 50 like 15 or 16 at the oh. time and was, like, baby. and like his entire oh, like it's just like it's like swollen like he's just been in like a terrible fight and i know i'd like there was there was like footage of like women being like oh god like (laughs) he felt so bad bad. oh my god (laughs) situation um but yeah it's it's it is so scary sometimes because like accidents like that can happen so Mm. And like, they perform so often. Like, of mm-hmm. course, you know, there's going to be mishaps. Yeah. There's the, there's this one video of Girls... No, uh, twice. Ooh, I was going to say Girls' Generation. Yikes. Um, twice. And they're doing this... They're performing on, like... You know when there's, like, a main stage and then there's a little runway and there's a second stage? So, you know, there's, yeah. like gaps between obviously because the oh, no. there's like a little runway part so one of the girlies was like she was stepping back and she either forgot that they were on the front stage and she yeah. almost fell off and like one of the girlies had to catch her and you can see it's so funny the fan cams you can see like the girl just fully be like oh Oh no! Just fully be like, you saved my life, <laughs> like without saying it. She was like, she turned to the other girl, like, oh, you saved my life just then. <laughs> like it was so scary. Oh. Mm-hmm. The uh, I can't really think of like any other stage accident. I I can think of like stuff oh, that so was almost terrible. Like I can think of a lot of those. Like there was one, I think it was Big Bang. And they had, like, they were, like, one of the members was, like, hyping up the crowd. So he was, like, front on the stage. And then the other member had to run and grab him and push him back because they were going to do fireworks at that part. So, like, he he almost got gotten by the fireworks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You just reminded me, there's, you can look this up on YouTube, but there was the time when Taeyeon from Girls' Generation almost got kidnapped off stage. I saw that. That was wild. That is so wild. They were performing Run Devil Run, and 
a, a fully a guy just steps on stage and she's like in the in like towards the middle of the line he just fully grabs her <laughs> and grabs her by the arm and just starts dragging her and out and sunny just and the runs girls, and she's like no no yeah. <laughs> and like they're yeah. just tugging her back and it's terrible. Oh, really? Yeah, it's yeah. terrible because so like Taeyeon developed like you know like anxiety and stuff like that afterwards. But like yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Mm. Yeah, it's wild. He just fully got on stage, like yeah, <laughs> just it was like oh here, <laughs> like what? <laughs> like wild, yeah, wild. <laughs> anyway, it's funny because some of the other girls just kept performing. They were like, oh, whatever, what's going on here? <laughs> You know who's friends and who's not. Right? <laughs> I know. The fans were like, don't drag so-and-so. Maybe they were just in shock and whatever. But, like, a part of me is like, oh, they were like, oh, let her go. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica was like, oh, bye. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Jessica was like, maybe they made some points. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Girl, bye. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. Uh, since we're speaking of, like, tension in our little like you know head cannons of like people who hate each other and all that stuff do you want to talk do y'all know of any moments either with your faves or uh like people that may not be some of your faves but you know stories of like you know maybe they weren't getting along or maybe they oh they looked like they hated each other that day either for a performance or an event or a live show i know spin has one and it's so funny <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay, I, remember, I want to hear. We were telling you about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so it's it's kind of like this big mystery among NCT stands. Um, what happened between Mark and Heichan in the summer of 2017? Because I love that. It's it's like it's there's this very specific like period in the summer of 2017. Um. Where, where apparently, like, they were fighting, and, like, there, nobody knows what they were fighting about, but they, they would not be seen next to each other. Like, in all the airport photos, they're, like, furthest on the outside of the group, like, away from each other. They had to change all of their choreography. So, because there was, there was one point, there was one point where, um, Mark and Hechan like had to touch hands and they did not want to do that. So they <laughs> switched <laughs> they changed the whole choreography so that they did not have to interact at all. Oh my god. That's funny. It's, it's been a mystery ever since. Nobody knows what happened, but but something oh gosh, just happened. You just triggered a memory for me. I've got one. Oh um god. Are you both aware of the TV show Produce 101? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I think I know. Um, so, <laughs> for those who don't know who are listening, um, Produce 101 is a reality TV show, like a competition show. And basically, a whole lot of K-pop companies sent through trainees, there were 101 of them, and then eventually they got whittled down to an 11-member group. Mm -hmm. uh, the first season was iconic. I do recommend you watch it because so many members from that season became, like, other girl group, like, they all debuted yeah but um i think it's episode three uh so one of the members is somi who's now on yg um or the black label or, uh and i can't i think it's episode three they had like a you know next week on rogers yeah. 101 and they had like the summary of it and there's a clip of her 
ready to like square up and throw down with some other girl and it never was in the next episode and it's become this like k-pop like legend like who was she trying to she was ready to drag someone she like... was like yeah she was ready someone was holding her physically holding her yeah, back from throwing back. hands <laughs> yeah she was ready to kill someone and no one knows who it is and she's never answered like i don't think she's ever properly been asked or answered i and so, i love that i hope like, we all know who her. yeah like we we know like who was on the like that season so we sort of have a short list of who it possibly could have been but we just don't really know or even sure. on her group that week for that a performance or <laughs> yeah i that's so funny yeah <laughs> so funny <laughs> i i love it i can't really think of like as far as k-pop i can't really think of like members because sometimes I, I try to pay attention to that kind of stuff because as a, a girl group stan from like the Pussycat Dolls Day and Danity Kane and Fifth Harmony. Like I oh, sometimes, I, I, I know I love them even though they're a mess. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, I, I notice, sometimes I notice patterns like, oh, those two are always next to each other. Oh, those two are always the furthest apart from each other. Especially like with Danity Kane, it's like uh, there was like an entire click of like two girls and then two other girls. And then one girl was like fully, she was, kind of friendly with all of them but kind of not really um mm. and it, it's always like funny to notice those patterns especially with Danity Kane like Aubrey and Andrea just fully like every time they could avoid each other they would <laughs> and yeah so there was that but as far as K-pop I mean I, I'm trying there to was think. a very recent one um you know AOA in the drama with oh with my AOA. god yeah with Mina, one of the members, coming out and saying that Jimin... Is it Jimin? I think it was Jimin, yeah. The rapper? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was bullying her and um, her and Solhyun were, like, together. And, yeah, it was uh, a whole thing. Yeah. I So, a, a part of me is, like, especially with big groups, like, even... BT, I feel like... as I feel like even five people, to be honest. Like, if there's more than five, there, surely there's, like, two people that just do not like each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's surely, as far as even uh, even with BTS, because uh, like it, that's with families too, and group and friend groups and stuff. Like, you can be in a friend group, and you can be closest to like two or three people, and you can be <laughs> fine with two others. But maybe there's one person you just fully like. If that if that friend group wasn't there, like you fully wouldn't like maybe talk to that person. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so I I always try to like try to notice. <laughs> I always try to, and sometimes with K-pop is interesting because sometimes they just click with people that are the same age as them because that's the whole like hierarchy situation mm. with age over there. Like sometimes they are like, oh, we're one year apart, we're not friends. You know what I mean? Like we can't, like we can't be yeah. friends with each other because I'm older than you and there's a power dynamic. And I'm like, y'all, just get over it. Uh, <laughs> I know it's their culture. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm just goofing. But uh, that's yeah. Uh, that part of the like the age thing was a really interesting dynamic on Produce One Hundred and One. If you ever, if you haven't seen it, that they um, when they first introduced all of the members, there was like this pyramid of chairs, and they were numbered. Oh my so God. there was like the top one right at the top was one, and then two, three, blah, 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 as you go down. Yeah, and they weren't allocated seats. So as they walked in, they had to choose where they were going to sit. And um, that became this whole, like, power play of, like, 
I'm older than her, so I need to sit here and, but I like this person debuted before me, so they need to go here. Right. And then <laughs> the, um, the girl who ended up becoming like the villain, she had the villain edit. Um, she just waltzed in and sat right at number one. She's like, I'm number one. <laughs> I... And yeah, she's, she's great. She's actually, uh, her name's, uh, Chan Mi. And she was supposed to debut with Girls' Generation, and she actually got kicked out and replaced Aww. with Sunny. <laughs> Aww. Um, and if you look, like, she was in um, co-ed school, another co-ed group. Ooh. And um, she's had, like, seven failed debuts, basically. <laughs> it's Like, she's cursed. And she's just recently come back with a solo, and it's not too bad, but it's not great. Oh, my God, I think <laughs> so I got I her recommended on my YouTube. Like, the... You might have. Uh, yeah, it was, like, the unluckiest k-pop idol ever and i was like oh yes yes yes. (laughs) she did she flopped in um on produce 101 she they were doing into the new world the um girls generation debut song and there's like a high note and was she she the one who flopped it yes voice cracked during the high note (laughs) i mean to be fair not everybody can do what taeyang can um Just the edit. The way they edit those shows is ridiculous. I know. They just repeat that like three times just to make it a yes. point. And like they zoom in on the different people's from faces. every single person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny to me. There there was this uh there was this one moment from BTS where like they were doing this travel series called Bon Voyage and they were like they're, oh, let's do this combination of members because the fans are not used to seeing these people. And they did Suga and V. And they, and they, and I just know some of the members were, like, laughing on the side. And I was like, they either, like, hate each other. There's, like, either drama there because, like, they were, they were having a lot of fun putting those two together and, like, having the, forcing those two to interact with each other. And I was like, surely there's, like, dr- there, there was either drama recently or, like, there, there was something going on because they were having way too much fun forcing those two to be together. <laughs> on the opposite spectrum, do y'all ever entertain the idea of uh, shipping in with your not K-pop? Shipping. I knew you were going to say <laughs> shipping. No, not shipping. <laughs> Sometimes it's funny <laughs> to, like, see the lengths at which people go to to try to be like oh they're in a relationship and sometimes you're like okay i wouldn't do that with a friend <laughs> but sometimes yeah. you're like okay y'all they're just they literally just looked at each other it's not that deep <laughs> yeah um okay so luna technically has a ship in it like officially kind of unofficially um not like the not the members themselves in real life but the the members as the characters of luna um there's a whole sort of narrative oh and in eve's solo uh new there's a scene where she's very obviously on a like roller skating date with another member vivi Ooh. and they're like she's leading her by the hand and they're like going like around the roller rink and stuff and it's it's an amazing video it's beautiful Aww. Um, and that was so, um, there was another one, uh, Chu, her solo is pretty much a song about being infatuated with Eve. 
and it, I think it kind of popped off on Twitter and sort of social media because it was sort of seen as an example of sort of recognizing same sex mm-hmm. stuff in Korea, which doesn't really happen a lot. Um, yeah. Officially, anyway, they like fan service it a lot, but they don't have like really recognize right. it a lot of the time. Um, yeah. And so that was sort of seen as kind of an, an anthem at the time. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of my issue sometimes with it. Cause like, I'm not gonna say for people to not do it because sometimes the companies do feed into it in the concepts, mm. in the music videos and stuff like that. Um, Cause like, and, and you mentioned that and I think it's so interesting how usually these idols are not allowed to date or if they do, they have to keep it private so that there's no controversy, which it shouldn't be a controversy mm. to begin with, but that's whatever, that's their own thing. Um, but it's interesting how when when it's songs about love or even like sometimes se- sexual tension, they would rather have the members interact with each other, even though they're a very yes. conservative. It's a like South Korea is a very conservative country, like a lot of countries are. Um, and it's interesting how they they would rather allude to a same sex relationship than for them mm. to just interact with like a, a female actress for the case of a boy group uh or you know what i mean like it's very interesting to me how like they would rather like almost make it about like oh they're into each other kind of thing yeah rather than like oh this is tech this is surely about them loving someone that is not either you or each other so you know what i mean like they it's it's very very interesting how how they do that sometimes. I don't particularly believe 100% any of these shipping claims. I do think it's interesting. I do think it's funny sometimes. And I do... Sometimes I do look... No, I, do, I don't look into it. But sometimes it pops up in my recommended and the thumbnail looks very suspicious. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me let me look. But uh, I don't really... Who was it? It was someone that got given a phone number and a sandwich on a variety show. Who was that? It was recent. They oh. like... They were they were dating, um, and the way that they got introduced was because he put his phone number in the like the the sandwich that they had as a snack, and it got given to her. Yeah, I remember like someone came out about that about how like that was a strategy that idols did like they would uh, yeah they would go and like they would give each other sandwiches or whatever and like they would like slip in like a phone number in there. Was it Jenny mm. and Kai? Because they they were like technically yes, dating. Yes, yes, it was Jenny. <laughs> yeah, and I remember there was like there this, there was a video, a group was doing like an encore performance, and they said and like the song said something about my girl or something, and like Jenny was there, and I think the members were like looking at Kai oh. and looking at her at the same, like they were just like glancing at oh. both of them, like. Hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, so, the the dating and relationship stuff is so weird and. So strange. Um, Sejong from uh, she was in Produce One Hundred One. Um, trying to think, what was the the other group that she came out in? But she's just recently had to come out and say to please stop uh, the negative comments on her social media and her mother's Instagram account because she was just recently uh, exposed that she was dating a member of EXO. Ooh. Oh no, she was she was just hanging out. She, she wasn't even dating. Though they just are friends and people assumed mm. that they were dating. And so she started to get this hate, this wave of hate comments Rotted. on the socials. And it's just, yeah, it's gross. 
It is. Like sometimes sometimes boy group stands are very possessive about and sometimes girl group stands, actually K-pop stands in general are very possessive about their idols. They're like, "No, they're mine." Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not. So, yeah. One of my favorite moments in K-pop history was when there were rumors that Hyuna and Dawn were dating. Their company was very quick to shut to shut it down and then Hyuna was like, "No, we are dating and we have been dating for all these years." <laughs> and I that was one of my favorite moments of all time in K-pop. I was like, I already loved her. I already loved Hyuna, yeah. but that moment was like Yes, uh, you assert yourself in this in this industry, and you tell them that you're not only you're dating, you're also dating another idol from a popular boy group, and uh, both of them got kicked out of Cube, and now yeah, they're... they both got dropped. Yeah, but now mm-hmm. they're in size company, and like they're doing their solo projects, and they're thriving. I think they were doing like an underwear campaign or something like that together, and I think that was oh, okay. yeah, that was cute. Hiana sometimes post some wild shit though like she was like literally the other day on instagram she posted like a photo of her foot and it was like filled with like bruises and like like blood and i was like girl i don't want to see that (laughs) (laughs) you gotta charge people for that (laughs) i was like i don't want to i (laughs) you can't just put that out there for free no i'm kidding yeah Uh... (laughs) um yeah no she's she she's definitely someone who like speaks out a lot i love her um like i think she just is very like firm because i think she was kind of typecast early on as like the sexy one um whereas if you see her just in general like in day-to-day or on variety and stuff she's actually quite she's not that like that's very much a character that yeah she plays. she's like uh i wouldn't say a weirdo but she's like quirky and like that's her, yeah. like that's more of her thing yeah yeah um and i think that reputation kind of frustrated her a lot and so then that's when um she released is it baby or bb i can't i don't know i think it was babe i think babe yeah and where she's talking about like her being over sexualized and then like doing weird things with age play and that sort of stuff yeah because i think she was rather young when she was first getting like labeled as the sexy member so Good like, on her for, there... like, doing that play on words and play on age with her own song. I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool of her. There was, like, a, a video that she was in that um, got age restricted. Um, and she so, like, she wouldn't have been allowed to watch her own video that she was in. Technically. Oh, that's <laughs> wild. Because, <laughs> mm. like, because, like... I think it's like she was 18 and it was like age restricted to over 19. Uh. So, <laughs> so she, she technically would not have been allowed to watch her own music video. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, that's wild. Yeah. There's a fifth harmony video. I know I keep bringing non K-pop artists into the table, but I just got reminded of that because they, they had a music video for boss and that was their first like sexy concept and two of the members actually filmed that video when they were still 17 but i think the video came out after they turned 18 uh so there was there's still a little bit of like weirdness to it because it's like the fans know the fans are like oh those two were not 18 yet and i wonder how comfortable they were with it and then obviously like after the fact i think it was camilla who came out and said like that she was very uncomfortable with how 
often they were sexualized as a group, especially because, you know, from a young age, they were like, yeah, they were, they were barely like 17, almost 18. And it was like, here, wear a button up with no pants. <laughs> it was like, oh, mm. I don't know about that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, like I, I still feel super weird when people um, sexualize the dreamies. Oh, and like I yeah. know I'm, <laughs> yeah, like with with NCT Dream, basically like uh, for people who don't know their concept is it's it's all the members who were um, teenagers at mm -hmm. the time that the group debuted. And that um, was their concept, like being teenagers exactly. and yeah. Exactly. And and they did a lot like more like cute songs and they they've since like they're they're all grown up now. Um, but like, I feel like I watched these kids grow up and like, <laughs> it's so weird when people like, like make like sexual comments about them or sexualize them. I'm just like, oh no, they're kids. Yeah, <laughs> they're babies. Yeah. And like, especially like, I remember like getting so, so angry, like before they became adults like people were still like sexualizing them and like yeah shipping them and like writing fan fiction about them and it's just like no they're kids like yeah, ew. yeah you know so... and I, a lot of a lot of people who were like doing this kind of stuff are also kids but like yeah. i was I, gonna say that I, but still <laughs> so and that's messed up <laughs> yeah you know for sure it's kind of messed up yeah I, I remember that happened to 101 as well when they debuted because i think mm -hmm. they had um it, it and it's always weird because sometimes the groups have like a kind of a borderline sexy concept but like there's members yeah. of all ages in there and it's like oh that person isn't 18 yet and like y'all don't do that and then some people you know some people have that thing of like oh i can't wait until they're 18 i'm like oh I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. <laughs> we're we're getting to a, a weird, not a weird point, but we got to an interesting point in in BTS's lifespan because Jungkook technically debuted under age, but now he's like fully twenty three or twenty four, and he's fully embracing the sexy concept, and he's doing it for his solo tracks and stuff like that. And as someone who got into the group after i think he was already like 19 20 or something like that seeing that to me i'm like ooh. but like for people who got into the group when they debuted and he was technically still a baby they still see him as that so i'm i'm sure and there was like a big controversy because cupcake the artist said something about very explicit that she wanted to do oh, a really? cook like a year or two ago and he was an adult um but she said something very graphic and the stands just hounded her and oh, they were like they that's would, disgusting yeah. why would you say that and whatever whatever and it's like i mean yeah like she shouldn't have said that and like even on twitch we're not allowed to after a week from now we're not going to be allowed to like sex like sexualize or make sexual comments even about public figures that's right uh, yes so it's it's interesting how that kind of plays out too and how that's going to move on from like moving forward how that's going to be for because like i i don't i don't even know like about like sexualizing them like i can i can be like oh wow but i i'm not necessarily you know i'm not necessarily like sexualizing them in in that way you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean yeah 
Because I it, de it depends though on the member, like obviously, but um. Mm. You can appreciate like what they're doing and the appeal of what they're doing versus being overtly like saying that sort of stuff about someone. It's right. Yeah. Different. Yeah. Yeah. For you, sure. You can watch a video and be like, "Ooh, that's that's nice," but it's a different thing to to you know tweet at them. Yeah. And just, yeah. Like, <laughs> tweet. Yeah. <laughs> like tweet at them graphic things or yeah. like like bring up like ship stuff like in fan meetings or like yeah. like I feel like that's yeah. just, like crossing a line. Yeah. Obvious. Yeah. Even like with, as far as like us as content creators, it's like there's some weird people out there, and they will send very weird things and. Uh, yes. like, like, uh, thankfully, I haven't really had many experiences like that, or I don't think I've had any experience like that, actually. But I've had people, I've heard stories of people who weren't even doing or saying anything, like, remotely sexual. And, like, people, it, like, send them messages that went from, you look very pretty today. And then it escalated to, I'm doing things to myself while looking at you and how pretty oh. you are. And it's like, oh, no, thank you. no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. So just because you're thinking something doesn't mean that you need to say it. <laughs> yeah, that's the takeaway there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, I mean, if you're sometimes if you're sexualizing a K-pop member, sometimes that's the intent sometimes that's why they did a certain concept and sometimes that's why they did a certain choreography so yeah but don't 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 be weird <laughs> <laughs> don't be weird yeah oh mm. but yeah do y'all have any things that you want to manifest for this year as far as like k-pop wishes and uh i do i do yes. um so for the last year Actually, almost two years, uh, one of the members of Luna has been off away dealing with anxiety, uh, Hustle, our Aww. leader, and uh, this latest teaser that dropped on December 31st actually hinted at her coming back for this yes. new concept. So um, I am hoping that that's true. I'm putting the clown makeup on, the shoes are on, <laughs> we are squeaking. Um, but I would love to see Hustle back. She's um, it's been amazing that she's been able to take the time and the company's fully supported her. The members talk about her constantly. It's Aww. all very, like, it's very wholesome and nice. And I really hope that she's been able to, like, deal with what she's dealing with and still come back. And But if not, you know, she doesn't and she takes her own, you know, takes her own time to do what she's doing. But it'd be really nice to see her back, have the leader yes. back. Um, so, yeah, that, that's probably my one wish for this year. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I want to see a Girls' Generation comeback of any sort, Ooh. something. Either with Jessica, without Jessica, even OGG. Yeah, if Jessica was there. Like, literally anything. <laughs> I just want to see, I just want to open YouTube and see Girls' Generation did something on that day. With, like, full-on promotion. Like, I want to see, I don't know if they want to. And that's valid if they don't want to do like you know mu music shows and stuff like that because I feel like once you hit a certain they don't need to yeah don't exactly need to. Uh, once you hit a certain point in your career 
like if you don't really need to go through all that but if they want to i would appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) um very much so so please girls generation even if it's ogg i will take it because we've been starving we've been starving it's the crumbs the scraps please come on (laughs) oh my god please um i'm excited for shiny to be back um they teased that they're they coming back yes <laughs> they did a uh sm did a new year's concert uh on youtube for free and they hinted at they didn't hint they fully did a like a backlog of iconicness uh and they at the end they did like a little teaser trailer of like that shiny is back because all the members are back from um from their military duties so right. um, okay. yeah very very exciting um that's definitely gonna be like a big one for me uh other than that i hope concerts return I, i've read i've read stuff about like it's possible that maybe in the fall of this year that venues can start opening up again safely Mm. so mm. that's a just a prediction from like a specialist so hopefully that would be very nice uh <laughs> even if i can't go to any concerts this year it would be nice if concerts just started happening again because I, I i love mm. concerts a lot um that's it i just want like for all the groups and all the s- solo acts that i love to continue being themselves and to be healthy and um even if they have to take longer breaks even if they have to like you know step out for a comeback or two like i don't as long as they like Mm. are good that's all that matters to me what about you spin Mm. i've got a few things that i would definitely like to see first of all also extremely excited about the shiny comeback Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, this is fully like the clown makeup. We are we are donning our clown makeup. Yes, we're at applying. Um, <laughs> I want another ten solo because um, ten from NCT. He did two solo songs. Twenty seventeen, he did uh, Dream in a Dream, and then twenty eighteen, he did Heroes, and then we have not had a ten solo since. And I know he's busy with Wavy and, and Super M now, but can we, can we, Mr. SM, can we please have another 10 <laughs> Um <laughs> Mr. SM. Mr. SM. Um, <laughs> and also, um, I want another Hyuna comeback. Cause oh, she's, it, she's it, coming back. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm ready. She showed I'm her bruises. Back. She better be coming back yeah. after <laughs> putting me. Yeah, after putting me through seeing her like her foot like that. Yeah. <laughs> she better be preparing yeah. something good. I'm she, all the way ready. Has she has she done a comeback ever since she joined Size Company? Oh, she Flower did. Shower. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a long time ago though. That was that was like a couple years ago, right? Like 2019. Oh God, yeah, that was two years yeah. ago. Ooh. Yeah, and then um, Don had—I know Don had a comeback last year, but Kiana didn't have one. So I'm, I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting. Yeah, please, Kiana. Yeah, that would be very nice. <laughs> I want to see like collabs. I want to see collabs. Ooh, who do you want to collab? 
I don't know, but I just want to see them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I just um... yeah, we need more project groups. That would be yeah. yeah. Even though it's painful when they break up. Um... <laughs> I know I, I didn't get into them because I didn't watch their season of produce, but uh, I Z I zone I Z I Z one. I think I is one. Who knows? <laughs> Apparently they're in negotiations to extend. So if any stands are out there, so popular. Yeah. Apparently they're negotiating, but I just, I just love a collab. Ooh, IOI would be cute if they did any, oh, yeah. cause they're always hinting at it and, and all the girlies yeah. seem to be in good terms. <laughs> So uh, mm. I would I would love that. Even though again, it's eleven people. I doubt all of them love each other. But <laughs> listen. Well, I mean, I don't know if they will because wasn't it revealed that all the votes were tampered with and they were like they were planted in the group? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean all I think the, the first all the two seasons, seasons yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> wild. I mean, people had their suspicions because it's like it's oddly convenient that like oh two like one person from each company got in and some companies got two people in and some companies didn't. It's very interesting. Yeah. Like yeah, but I I oh I would be cute I, even if they did like a sub unit. Hmm. Although I feel like the stands would hate it <laughs> if it was a sub unit. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I would love to see that, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think a lot of the groups are disbanded now that they were in. Yeah. So they're not going to be that busy. <laughs> R.I.P. Priston. Oh. Oh, stop. They had stop. so I much have potential. all four of the albums. I have both versions of both of their albums. <laughs> they had so much potential. Yeah. No. And then Priston V. I know. And then they went... I became Hinapia, and they also had a bop. I know. <laughs> uh, so sad. A lot so, of girl groups so from that era disbanded very quickly. Yeah. It was yeah, so did. sad. Um, yeah, when Hinapia's song Drip came out, I sent it to three of my in-real-life friends who aren't really K-pop people, and then we went and had lunch two days after and they were all talking about it and I'm like yes it's a pop <laughs> drip 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 <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I love it I yeah I, I didn't really get into a lot of like new groups and stuff like that recently um, but when I when I was shown them I was like oh wait I do recognize some of these girlies <laughs> it's so sad yeah I do recommend that first season of 101 it's yeah, so many like iconic. Moments. Those shows are so hard to watch. Sometimes I got into. Mm -hmm. I was watching. I I got into season two when it was still airing. Um, well, it was towards the end. So by the time I caught up, I I watched the finale like basically the same time as everyone else, and it it's just so stressful. And you cry when yeah. they cry, and yeah. like because it's like they do one minor mistake, and they're like, I'm useless, and all my life is horrible and i'm yeah. a disgrace to society and my entire group and i'm like i it's oh <laughs> and it's really sad to see sometimes because like they put all of their like blood sweat and tears into like being successful and to like 
debuting and they put so much importance on debuting mm. and and all that stuff and it it hurts me when they're like when they're like oh i wasn't good enough or i need to work harder and i'm like no that doesn't that's not necessarily <laughs> equated like ugh. yeah it's there's other factors at play yeah it's it's so sad <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we've been going for quite a quite a while. So um let's uh let's wrap up really quickly since we not really quickly, excuse me. Uh since we <laughs> well, Okay. <laughs> yeah, just rush just r- let's rush out of here. Let's run, girlies. No. Uh <laughs> No, but yeah, we can we can uh, again go down the line and uh you can tease any upcoming things you have. Um you can talk about your own streams, your own projects you have going on so that people can follow you and support you. Uh, we can start with you, PD. Oh, well, yeah, again, I'm PD. Um, you can catch me on Twitch or anywhere else at Lil Darian, as you see down below. Um, I stream lots of different stuff, lots of indie games. We do nail art sometimes. Um, yeah, it'll be really cool to see you. Let's talk K-pop. I, I would love to do more of this with Ruby yes. as well. And Spin, if you're interested, keep an eye out for I'm that. Always- Yes. <laughs> obviously there's so much we can talk about so. i'm gonna have to rotate people in and out because i've already there's so many people that i know they're like oh my god yes let's talk about k-pop i'm like okay i can only have two people at once so let's rotate <laughs> um yeah you can catch me everywhere yes please go follow pd absolutely <laughs> where can people find you spin any upcoming projects any upcoming things that you want to tease anything that you want to promote well uh you can find me on twitch and twitter at spin blend uh you can also find me and ruby and fellow queer streamers yes. doing a gaming podcast weekly on just gaming things yeah uh, <laughs> are so close to affiliate on that channel it's we only need a few more followers so it would mean yes. a lot to us just gaming um, tings with a z, z. <laughs> <laughs> um and i also uh make soap and i have a soap shop at spin soap cafe on yes. instagram and etsy absolutely please go support these two wonderful beans they're amazing and thank you so much for being on my on my podcast of course thank you for having me again yes it's it's wonderful to have both of you on again and hopefully again and again (laughs) (laughs) as we figure out you know our time differences again as the year changes (laughs) and the time zones change again and it's a whole process But yeah, you can find me at Project Ruby basically everywhere. ProjectRuby.eu is a good hub for you to find all of my socials, my latest YouTube video. Uh, If I'm live, you can see my streams on there. All my socials are listed from Twitch, all over Twitch, Twitter, Patreon, all of the things. So uh, yeah, please go, please go support me. This is where we're going to wrap up this week's episode. Stay safe, everyone. Stay wonderful. And uh, I'll be back next week with more Breakfast at Ruby's. So bye. Thank you so much for watching.